This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. I'm Carrie Strzok, host of Beauty Now. I'm on a quest to remain ageless. And today our guest is Dr. Michelle Warren. She's going to teach us all about the dreaded menopause. How can we fight it? Most women are suffering from hot flashes and insomnia, and it usually makes their lives miserable enough so they are hopefully looking for relief. Women who are cycling are difficult to treat. You see, it's not just the level that causes the hot flashes and the night sweats and the insomnia. It's the uh, fluctuations. You have to understand that the majority of these medications that are prescribed for menopause have been studied in women who are postmenopausal, not women who are in the perimenopause. So we don't have a whole lot of science in terms of treating women in the perimenopause. Unfortunately, I see some patients who are very young. I've seen them as early as in their 20s. Some of it is inherited. It's a genetic uh, issue. Some have autoimmune problems, but the great majority, we don't know. Welcome, Dr. Warren. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. So how can a woman that comes to you, I mean, what is the first thing that they do? They come in and get their hormones measured or they have a hot flash. How do women know that they need to come see you? Well, most women are suffering from hot flashes and insomnia. Those are the two big symptoms. And it usually makes their life miserable enough so they um, are hopefully looking for relief. Uh, some of them are, are tried medicines that are over the counter, but um, in general, the medicines don't work very well if the, if the symptoms are moderate to severe. Um, so, um, basically, um, symptom relief is what most women are looking for. So, can you explain about the difference between bioidentical hormones and pharmaceutical hormones? Well, uh, <clears throat> bioidentical means that that it's a hormone that's uh, the same as the body makes. There are a lot of hormones out there. Um, Some of them are the same ones the body makes. Uh, Pharmaceuticals means that it's made by a pharmaceutical company, and there are many good bioidentical hormones made by pharmaceutical companies. So you can't really separate the uh, hormones into bioidentical and pharmaceuticals. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's a question of uh, which hormone is best for for you. And how do you know? Do you do blood tests? No, blood tests are not helpful. Uh, And the reason for that is that um, the uh, blood tests uh, vary so much over the course of several minutes. In other words, one minute, a woman, particularly in perimenopause, can have a very, very high level. And the next minute, um, it can be almost unmeasurable. And that's what actually causes the worst symptoms or the symptoms of perimenopause as women start into that menopausal time when their hormones are uh, bouncing all over the place. 
um, they're getting the worst symptoms. So, so hormone tests don't really help that much at all, actually. It sometimes helps to make a diagnosis when women, women are very young to measure the pituitary hormones because those hormones go up in an attempt to keep the ovary working at a certain level, and they can be helpful, but they're not always helpful either. So blood tests in general are not helpful at all. That's interesting to know because I've always heard that that would measure, you know, on the third day or the 21st day of your cycle. Um, on the third day of your cycle, we, we will measure hormones to try to determine if the FSH is slightly high. Uh, and sometimes the estrogen is high associated with that, or sometimes it's low. Um, and we use that a lot in women who are trying to have a baby, uh, because sometimes you can tell if they're in early menopause. Um, and in women who are cycling. In women who are not cycling, uh, then it's a lot easier. Uh, if they're not having periods, then it's a lot easier to, to make a diagnosis of menopause. Um, 21st day of your cycle is a way of determining if you're making progesterone, which will tell, uh, tell you if you're ovulating, uh, if your ovaries are producing an egg, and that's something we use for women who are, are trying to have a baby. You're using the estrogen or the progesterone? The progesterone. If you're trying to have a baby, then you try to use progesterone, and, and then what type of no, product no. Do you use? No, no. If you're trying to have a baby, you're trying to determine if a woman is ovulating, and the progesterone will tell you that. But measuring hormones during the cycle is a total waste of money um, because we now have products on the market that are very, very low, that the you know very small amounts, and um, they give you relief with barely detectable levels of, of hormones. So measuring hormones is just not a way that's, that's very helpful. We will treat symptoms, and we will treat it um, according to what, uh, 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 you know, we will try to relieve the symptoms, and that will sort of determine the dose. But we know now that we can use very small doses, um, and you hardly pick them up in the blood, and yet you get good symptom relief. So how does a woman really know when she's entering menopause? Usually by the symptom cluster. Um, interestingly, um, the, most, the most often uh, the, the first presenting symptoms is irregular periods. Uh, the periods start, uh, you either skip or they get um, shorter intervals or longer intervals. Um, and the sec second thing that women notice are real moodiness. Um, and then the third tend, tend to be hot flashes and that. That is the eureka moment when people realize what's going on. So if um, a woman has all these symptoms and they come into you, what do you do? Well, if the symptoms are severe and are moderate to severe, we usually suggest treatment. And um, the, the women who are cycling uh, are difficult to treat, uh, but generally we will give them uh, a very small amount of hormone in an attempt to prevent the, the big ups and downs that occur during the cycle. Uh, which tend to trigger the hot flashes. You see, it's not just the level that causes the hot flashes and the night sweats and the insomnia. It's the, um, it's the uh, fluctuations. Um, so early in menopause, it's a little more difficult. Uh, we will give small amounts of hormones. Many of those women are only having symptoms uh, generally around the time of the period when the levels um, fall very precipitously. But then what do you give? You, do you give this new product, Alestrin, or do you give well, progesterone? Alestrin is one of the products uh, that can be used. Uh, it's a product that's given through the skin, 
and you can get a very even dose of the uh, of the hormone, um, and you give it daily. Um, but where the, is it applied? Hmm? Where on the body is it applied? Uh, it's um, applied on the um, arm, upper arm. It's on uh, the inside of your arm or the the outside, or does it matter? Um, usually, it's on the inside of your arm. And, uh, and I was under the impression that the second part of your cycle, if you're cycling, that the progesterone falls, and that's that you should apply topical progesterone. Is that not true, or both? Uh, you know, people are trying to push topical progesterone um, because uh, we don't have any on the market, and you have to go to a special drugstore to have it made up. But in fact, topical progesterone doesn't get through the skin very well. Um, so you have to give very, very large amounts. And um, it, it's not an effective way of giving progesterone. What is an effective way of giving it? Well, there, there are some natural progesterones you can give orally. Or you can give progesterone directly in the vagina, and it gets directly to the uterus, which is the reason you want to give it. The only reason for giving progesterone is um, to... Um, uh, prevent the lining of the uterus from overgrowing. When you give estrogens or when you don't ovulate and don't make progesterone, the lining can overgrow and you can get really bad bleeding problems the way you do uh, in many... You see that many women at the time of menopause. Um, women will present with very heavy bleeding and irregular bleeding. So the progesterone tends to be very important, but giving it through the skin is not a good way of giving it... Um, so that it reaches the uterus and does its job. So you don't really think that's effective at all? No. And so you're saying progesterone suppositories would be more the way to go? Um, well, progesterone uh, through the vagina is one way of giving it. Um, the standard way of giving it is through um, medication that's given orally. Um, and um, the problem with progesterone, it, it, you want to know whether it's, give, it's doing its job. So you need the science to tell you that there's enough progesterone in that dosage that's going to prevent overgrowth of the lining because this is a serious problem. If you don't get enough progesterone to the uterus, not only do you get uh, bleeding, but you also get um, problems related to uh, precancerous changes. So um, using a, a non-standard form of progesterone is tricky. Uh, and the uh, progesterone cream is not a good way of giving it. Well, will you take us through a cycle? Let's just say a, a woman is cycling, and in the very, very beginning, you're having your period, and then is it the estrogen that drops to day 12, or is it the progesterone, or both? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, your question uh, is what happens at the time of the period, or what happens well, at right. the Oh, right. Like, let's just say that... That a woman comes in and she's having menopausal symptoms, but she still has her period, yeah. and you're going to prescribe either one of your products like um, the estrogen patch or elestrin or one of these things. What day does the woman start taking the elestrin or the patch or whatever you prescribe? Okay. Well, you, you usually prescribe it uh, along with the cycle. So you take it with day one of the cycle, which is the first day of bleeding, and continue it throughout the cycle. In certain women, in order to control a bleeding, you may add some progesterone in the second half of the cycle. The elestrin um, uh, is, is um, I, I just want to correct what I said, it's, it's applied to the upper arm shoulder area not the inner arm. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but it is a, 
a good way of giving small amounts of estrogen. And the the women who are still cycling uh, are very difficult to treat. You need to give very low doses. But the, you have to understand that the majority of these uh, medications that are uh, prescribed for menopause have been studied in women who are postmenopausal, not women who are in the per- perimenopause. So we don't have a whole lot of science um, in terms of treating women in the perimenopause. But that's the way I give it, a small amount every day. And in some women who have heavy bleeding, I add a progesterone uh, for the second half of the cycle. And so let's move on. Actually, we need to take a break because I want to move on and ask you some more questions about women that have already passed um, the point of having a cycle. We're going to thank our sponsors, and we're going to talk more with Dr. Michelle Warren. Listen to Beauty Now, the intersection of cosmetic surgery, longevity, and biomedical innovation for confident decisions in preventative aging on personallifemedia.com. host of Beauty Now, and we're talking with Dr. Michelle Warren, and we were just talking about menopause and what we can do about it. Welcome back, Dr. Warren. Thank you. Now, we were just talking about women that were cycling and what can they do with the hormones, and now I want to ask you, let's talk about women that have already passed the point of having their period. How do you treat them? Well, they're somewhat easier to treat because you don't have their own uh, hormones kicking in. And they don't also have some of the other symptoms like breast pain, um, bleeding. Um, basically, you give the lowest dose that does the job. That's actually what the FDA has suggested we do. So you take uh, a low-dose product, um, and we know now that most women respond very well to half the standard doses of hormones that we used to use. So we give... Um, a low dose, uh, if they have a uterus, uh, you have to um, have a, a preparation that has progesterone as, uh, with it, or if you're going to give the progesterone separately, you give it either every day in very small amounts or you give it um, cyclically for 10 to 14 days out of the month. So there, there are several ways of giving it, and it depends on the patient and their preferences and um, the situation. Uh, So do you believe that taking estrogen or these pills orally cause cancer more? Because that's what I read about the studies that that have been done with placebo groups and other groups that the people that took oral um, hormones came up with cancer more often than the ones who were given it transdermally. No, that's absolutely not true. There's no no, uh, work that suggests that oral preparations lead to higher um, incidence of, of cancer. The an- cancer, well, let me just say that the cancer incidence is very, very small. It's much less than 1% uh, per year, which has been attributed to breast cancer. So um, the, the, there is a slight increase incidence in uh, breast cancer in women on hormones, but it's tiny. Uh, the majority of breast cancer that we're seeing is not related to, to hormones. If you're on hormones, however, the breast cancer may grow faster. So it is very important that women on hormones get yearly mammograms. 
And that's um, important so you for have to all be more women vigilant. to get yearly mammograms, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, absolutely. You have to be more vigilant. But there's no proof that um, oral uh, is more dangerous than, than transdermal. So women that are past the point of their periods can come in to you and you would prescribe. How do you decide which medication is for which women? Well, some women um, like um, a, a very even dose of, of a hormone and the transdermals are very good for that. Other women are looking for um, convenience and sometimes pills are more convenient. Um, if you have a woman with migraine, I tend to use the transdermals because I think it gives a more even dose. Um, women who have certain uh, cholesterol profiles, uh, you know, the uh, lipids, as we call them, which are dangerous because they can lead to heart disease, certain lipids like triglycerides tend to go up with oral medication. It won't go up with transdermal. On the other hand, the transdermal doesn't increase the HDL, which is a good cholesterol which is um, something that's desirable. So some women who need an increase in HDL, I will use uh, an oral medication. So it's variable, um, and it also depends on the, on the patient's uh, desires. Some women absolutely want the lowest dose, and they want the um, uh, bioidentical hormone, uh, and um, they want to use it for a very short period of time. So you have to listen to the patient and decide what's best for them and what their um, what their needs are. Well, how do these women know that their menopause is gone? Do they go off these hormones? And yeah, then... that's a good question. You know, how long do you stay on it, and, and how do you decide that you don't no longer need it? You know, and my philosophy is if you don't need it, then you shouldn't be on it. Uh, it's hard to know why you're on the medication, but what you tend to do is titrate. Um, and you you will decrease the medicine, and that's why it's very helpful to have a drug, um, a new drug that uh, like Elestrin, which is a very low dose, because now we can uh, titrate down even further, or even start with these low doses in women. And then basically, I tell them to start using it every other day, or two to three times a week. And if they don't get symptoms, or if their symptoms are only occasional. Um, then eventually, over the course of, of a couple of months, they can stop it altogether. What age is, is the youngest menopausal patient that you've had? Oh, I, unfortunately, I see some patients who are very young. I mean, I've seen them as early as in their 20s. Oh, that's scary. Um, I have a whole group of patients in my practice. And why and is it's, that? It's a, it's a very sad thing. Well, uh, some, of, some of it is inherited. It's a genetic uh, issue. Some have autoimmune problems, but the great majority, uh, we don't know. We don't know. And uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of work going on uh, at the NIH. You know, this is like a death for these women when they right. find out. So it's a very sad thing. But some the of these important women thing can about freeze their these... eggs now, right? These, there is hope that I, I've heard that some of these women can freeze their eggs. Well, we're hoping that, you know, eventually if there is a history in, in the family... Um, of early menopause, and, and that's usually if a menopause occurs before age 40, um, that women who have this history can uh, freeze their eggs effectively. The thing is, the science isn't that refined. The success rate isn't that great yet. Uh, but hopefully in another few years, we'll be able to do that. I think the important thing for these women to remember is that when you're young, you really need the, the estrogen. The estrogen is important for protecting your heart and your bones, 
uh, and um, in certain situations it really will even out the moods. So uh, women who are under um, 45 really should be on hormone replacement, uh, and they shouldn't be scared of taking it. In fact, they're much lower doses than in oral contraceptives, and women take oral contraceptives now for many years without any problem. Well, how can our Beauty Now listeners find a doctor that specializes in menopause? Well, that's a good question because uh, basically we don't teach about menopause in medical school or even after medical school. Um, so you've got to find a doctor that's menopause friendly. Uh, I think the best thing is to go to um, a website like menopause.org, and there they have uh, a whole list of certified uh, menopause practitioners. Um, also, I mean, some some doctors are very interested in menopause and will advertise that and make an effort to um, educate themselves on the newest developments. You know, the the story on the hormone replacement has been uh, so stormy um, and so confusing for the public. Um, there have been over 33,000 publications since 2002. So it's, it's important to keep up with um, education if, if doctors are um, are, um, are going to um, treat menopausal women. And um, I think um, doctors who have large practices in menopause and who are menopause uh, certified are a good way to go. Right, because I think, you know, even younger women that have PMS symptoms a lot of doctors just look at you like you're crazy. They they say, oh, you know, exercise more, which is true. You should exercise more, drink water and do all that. But when you have PMS, you have PMS. Right. Well, we say still prejudices. We know that PMS is a real um, condition, and it's um, a cluster of symptoms that have been accepted by the medical field and, in fact, has a diagnosis in the diagnostic manual uh, for psychiatric diseases. So it's well recognized, but there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about it, just like there is on a lot of women's, you know, uh, women's health issues related to hormones. I well, think, you know, I do want to mention that there's yeah. been some very good news about hormones in that the latest data shows that it prevents calcification of the uh, coronary arteries or hardening of the arteries. Um, and there was a question about that since 2002. Um, when WHI came out. So basically, if you're young and you're starting hormones at the time of menopause, hormones protect the heart, and we're no longer worried about heart attacks. And other things, because there's been so much alarming news and cancer and all these different things, and women have stopped, but then they feel they need the hormones. Yeah, well, the, the cancer issue, it's sort of too bad it was presented the way it, it was because there is a slight increase incidence of breast cancer. However, it's smaller than we thought before 2002. But, but you know, the press has not emphasized that at all. We used to tell patients that there was up to twice the um, increased risk. It was still less than 1%, but the numbers were greater than we're telling patients now. But that's not been publicized at all. So, basically, since WHI came out, the really the the only thing that was really different uh, was the issue of the heart attacks, and now the the news on the heart attacks is very good. Uh, it will protect against coronary calcification and heart disease if you start it when you're young. The um, 
the uh, question is, how long should we, we keep patients on it? We'll never know. We'll never know. But it's certainly safe for the two to five years that women have uh, the most severe menopausal symptoms. And what's the most important thing that you can do besides hormones? What are some other great advice you could give us? Well, about- you know, I like to call menopause the adolescence of old age. And basically, it's a chance to change habits, to exercise, to, to maintain your weight. Uh, maintaining your weight is extremely important because it's a vulnerable time for women. Um, that middle and- age spread, I see it when my friends turn 40, it's like all of a sudden their body yeah. starts to change. Yeah. So yeah, it's a vulnerable time. The, the basal metabolic rate goes down, so you're apt to gain weight. Try to maintain your weight. If you need to lose weight, it's a good time to try. Increase exercise. Exercise is like a pill. You should take it for the, you know, the rest of your life. Um, find something you like to do. And uh, if you're smoking, please stop smoking. I mean, that's the most important thing you can do for your health. So healthy habits, maintaining or losing weight if you can, and uh, exercise. And if you exercise, you're going to be able to maintain your weight. And weight training, basically, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and also, know, I heard be about... Be vigilant about your mammograms and uh, uh, ask your doctor about osteoporosis and all, all those exactly things. Exactly what I was going to bring up, aging. osteoporosis. When do you start realizing or how do you test if you're in trouble for that? Osteoporosis, um, you know, our our bones are 80% genes, so if it runs in your family, you should worry about it as soon as you're getting near menopause in your 40s. Uh, you can get a bone mineral density study with simple, a simple study lying on a table. It's like having your picture taken, and um, it'll tell you if you're at risk. If you're so what at about risk, some should... of these products like Boniva or, I mean, what if you just take it? I, I heard there's one that you could take once monthly. There are all kinds of products now. Uh, you, you can take once monthly. You can even have an IV uh, infusion once a year if you don't want to, um, you know, if, you, if, if your stomach is bothered by some of these products. There's some that are um, um, uh, will decrease the incidence of breast cancer. Where do you find these people that do the IVs? That sounds really interesting. Well, actually, we're doing a study at, at Columbia uh, where we're offering it for free, uh, but it's available on the market now. It's a... Uh, it's um, an IV infusion that's giving it uh, over f- 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, people are wel- welcome to go to our website and find out about it, which is... We're definitely going to link your website with yeah, com, and we're going to have all the information to be able to find you and also about these infusions and the Excellent. products that Excellent. you can have. But that's great because I think there's new things every single day and we want to learn more. That's right. It's a very fast-moving field. I think that's why it's important to go to a doctor who's menopause-friendly. And you can also go to menopause.org, is that right, and find yeah. a doctor near you? Mm-hmm. There's people across the United States that specialize in this. And, and do you recommend that they be board-certified in all this? No, you, there's no such thing as board certified in in uh, menopause. Menopausal doctors are. Yeah, they they come from all fields now. Um, there are lots of women uh, who are gynecologists because gynecologists have traditionally been interested in menopause. Um, but now there are internal medicine and family practitioners who are also interested. Um, and then there are practices where they've hired 
nurse practitioners who are very expert in handling these problems uh, because it's very time-consuming to deal with a lot of the issues. So it depends on where you are and, and who they have available there. But basically a well-informed health care provider who's uh, taken some graduate education in this area is what you need. Well, I have a couple more questions. We just talked about the estrogen and progesterone. Is there any more hormones that we should know about? Well, um, the the other hormone I get asked about um, is 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 testosterone or male hormone. There is no testosterone on the market for women, um, and as a result, um, it's a very difficult thing uh, to give to women. But it is possible. In those situations, we use hormones that are either made up in the pharmacy or we titrate down the hormones that are available for men. When do you need it? Well, certain women who have early menopause, very early, um, will um, have very low testosterone levels um, and will need replacement. What are the symptoms? Usually low libido, loss of hair. Um, some women who have had a hysterectomy with uh, their ovaries removed, the testosterone may be very low and they may have symptoms like this. It's a very individual thing, um, and there's a lot of science that needs to be done in the area. But um, that's going to be the new hormone that's, I think, uh, going to be interesting to menopausal women. And, and how much do you think that they need, and, and at what time of the month do they need it? Well, if you give testosterone, normally you give it every day or at least three times a week or more than that, but um, it, you don't need very much. You need a tiny amount that keeps their level uh, probably in the high normal range. You don't want to give give it so that it's outside the normal range, but the high normal range of free testosterone, there, you, there measuring the hormone is helpful uh, because... In the blood, um, with you, a blood test. Yeah, you you don't want to give too much, and um, you can uh, judge the response to your dose by by measuring levels. And, and but this is, is it all a cream or a pill or how did they take it? Uh, usually, it's a gel or um, uh, a cream that you put on the skin. Um, there are pills available, but they're more a little more difficult to, to use, and there may be liver problems associated with it. And you're uh, there is you're one saying that you would do this uh, three times a week. Huh? You would, that you would give this three times a week? Well, at least, yeah, usually. Very, very little. Yeah. Very, very little. So basically, you just need a consultation to come yeah, in when yeah. you find this, the right doctor con- to come in yeah, and absolutely. get a consultation and find out what's right for you because every woman's different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Warren, for being with us today. You can... Get transcripts of our show on personallifemedia.com and you can get links to Dr. Warren's website and find all you need to know about menopause. Thanks so much for talking to us. We want to have you back soon. And if you have any more new drugs or any other information you can give us, let's do another show. Thanks again. Okay. You're welcome, Terry. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.